Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, welcome to the Blonde Files podcast. I'm your host, Arielle Laurie, and I'm here to talk all things wellness. From how to achieve optimal health and well-being to the best beauty tips and everything in between, no topic is off limits, and I'm bringing it to you real and unfiltered. I know there is so much information out there, so I'm here to help you navigate it all. Thanks for listening. Let's get into it. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show. Today, I am talking with the founder of the Sculpt Society, who I'm sure a lot of you follow, Megan Roop. She's a personal trainer. And we are talking about all things fitness and wellness and this concept of committing to less so that you can show up for more. So we talk a lot about intuitive living, how to make movement joyful. We talk about eating disorders and her history with disordered eating. We talk about getting out of a rigid lifestyle. And then we also talk about the internal and external pressures that women face today, including a lot of the pressures that the models that she trained face. We talk about the postpartum period and the mental space that we waste on hating our bodies. So enjoy the episode. Welcome, Megan. So happy to have you here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Oh, there's so much that I want to cover with you today. I'm sure a lot of my listeners are familiar with you and familiar with Sculpt Society, but I want to kind of rewind and you have a really interesting backstory. So I want to hear like how Sculpt Society came to be. And then I want to go into kind of like your life before and how your approach to wellness and fitness and all that has evolved. Because I think so many people find themselves in this stuck position where they like can't find anything they love. They get stuck in rigidity. They have trouble with consistency, all of that. So everyone always wants to know like the formula. So let's go way back and just tell everybody like where you're from, a little bit of your backstory, all of that. Yes. So my parents are South African. So I actually grew up literally traveling, like living in lots of different areas. But I always say I landed in Santa Barbara for high school, background really in dance and and fell in love with dance at an early age doing classical ballet. And then in high school was introduced to the dance team. It was different modalities for the first time. And, you know, it was, it was always a true passion of mine, but dance was never uh, shown to me in a way of, of how it could look as a professional career. I think my parents immigrated to the country. I think they wanted stability for me. And, and I was also excelling in academics in high school. And so when it came to that time to figure out what I was going to do post high school, I, I felt a lot of internal pressure to just do the traditional route and just go to 
to a regular college and kind of, you know, say goodbye to dance. And, and I thought that that was, there was like no emotional attachment to that. I just, you know, it was never going to be anything else, even though I loved it. And Ended up going to Cal Poly for my freshman year. I was an English major. I randomly picked that. I didn't know what else I was going to pick. And while I met amazing people, it was also probably the, the darkest year of my life because, you know, at the time, I clearly didn't understand this morning I was going through leaving dance behind. And so in my freshman year, really started to start to like really obsess and, 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 and look into dieting and over-exercising and yo-yo dieting and binge eating and all of these things started to come up for me. And I can understand now in retrospect, it was because I wasn't wanting to deal with the feelings I was having about not dancing and pursuing what I wanted. But it was a very confusing time for me because I'd never, I always had had a positive relationship with my body and food and it kind of came out of nowhere for me. And I think it took a year to, to really realize something was wrong. And I remember, remember coming home after my freshman year and talking to my mom and just saying like, I want to go see someone like the feelings I'm having, I know aren't me and, and I want to fix it. So I went to a therapist and she kind of like cracked me within like the first session. I probably saw her two more times and, and she really opened my eyes up to the, the fact that I had not pursued what my true passion was, which was dance. Long story short, it was too late for me to transfer anywhere. I, I spent a year in Los Angeles. I was going to a community college, just continuing to get my college credits, starting to dance again, going to classes. And then I ended up transferring to NYU's Tisch Dance program the following year. And that was really exciting for me. I was, you know, finally feeling like I was pursuing what I wanted to be doing. But unfortunately, a lot of those habits I had created in my freshman year around food, around body image, around exercise, you know, it didn't just go away. And I think, unfortunately, it really even led into like my early 20s. And it wasn't until I really started to just do work on myself. I got to a point where I was just so sick of the yo-yo dieting, the binge eating, the over-exercising, spending hours at, I remember spending hours at Crunch Gym on the treadmill, like counting every calorie I was burning. And like, I remember just getting, hitting a wall and being like, I cannot spend another second thinking about this. I read a book, Women, Food, and God by Janine Roth. And that was really the first time that I had been introduced to this concept of intuitive eating and really being able to peel back some layers on myself. And so in retrospect, I really wish I had stayed in therapy. I really wish I had done the work earlier because I really feel like that recovery time would have been a little bit smaller for me. Mm -hmm. But it, for me, it was like a combination of reading that book, doing a lot of internal work on myself, my internal dialogue, changing the stories, the belief systems I was having around food in my body and, and what that looked like. And then also finding a way of movement for me that felt really joyful. So I was spending all of this time in a gym and I hated every second of it. And it wasn't until I really discovered dance-based fitness and, and how joyful movement could be. And that for me was the first time that movement wasn't about burning calories. It was like the same feeling I was getting with dance. And I will say when I, I was sort of coinciding with, I had graduated from NYU, I was, you know, auditioning for dance work. And I started teaching fitness as a side hustle. And it really was just to make extra money. But I really fell in love with teaching other women and empowering other women in a movement 
class because it was it was like the missing puzzle for me and for me to be able to share that with other women was really life-changing and so my, the trajectory of my career really started to change i was dancing professionally with the nba in brooklyn with the nets for 2 years but kind of had i came to a crossroad and was like okay i have to pick one or the other and i just saw such longevity within fitness and really saw how much more in flow i felt with fitness, you know, dance had been everything to me. And I felt like I had checked that box off, but it wasn't filling me up the way fitness now was. And I think that's something as I've gone throughout my career, not necessarily giving myself like super strict boundaries around what I need to achieve and what I need to do, but continuing to lean into the things as we evolve that are making me happy and filling me up. And yeah, it's been a, been a journey, but so long story short, in 2017, I launched my company, the Sculpt Society, which, you know, blends really simple, easy to follow dance, cardio and full body sculpting. And it was there that all the things started to happen. By now, you guys know that I have a few non-negotiables in my routines, and one of those in my morning routine is AG1 from Athletic Greens. So I take this every morning on an empty stomach. It has so many benefits. So with one scoop of AG1 from Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. And This blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all of the things. So I like to mix it with a couple ice cubes, shake it up and just drink it as soon as I wake up before I have my matcha and all of that for maximum benefits. It is lifestyle friendly. So whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, it can work for you. It contains less than a gram of sugar, no GMOs, no artificial anything while still tasting good. I love that it has super, super low sugar because a lot of green juices actually are really high in sugar. So it kind of defeats the purpose. It's also just this one micro habit that has so many benefits. It can replace the need to take a lot of different supplements. It's really easy to travel with. So right now, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash blondefiles. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash blondefiles to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hi, I'm Sif Heider, the founder of Array. I'm a wellness entrepreneur and digital creator, and this is my show, The Dream Bigger Podcast. Listen, I love dreaming big, but you know what I love more? Actually having the resources to make those big dreams happen. And hey, dreams can sometimes be private jets, but other times they can look a little something like having the best skin of your damn life or starting a successful business or delving into spirituality. So on this podcast, I chat with experts and thought leaders from different fields about their tips and tricks on doing exactly that. Remember to subscribe. We drop new episodes every Tuesday. So see you then. I have so many follow-up questions. I know. I that go- was a lot. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. But I want to go back to something that you were talking about because I think so many people experience this, myself included, and that is getting to the point where you're so sick of just being stuck in that really like regimented lifestyle. Like I went through the same thing 
on a different level than you, you know, I wasn't in dance. I wasn't doing anything professionally, but in the beginning of like, when I started my Instagram account, it was actually a fitness account because it was just for me to hold myself accountable for getting in shape. And I was doing BBG at the time. And I was like militant, like never miss a Monday, like six days a week, you know, it's all plyometrics. And I was counting macros and I was like obsessed. And at the time I didn't know that there was really any other way, but you know, that went on for years until the point that I really could not take it anymore, like mentally and physically. And people always ask me, how did you stop counting macros? How do you not feel guilty if you miss a workout? How do you, you know, just get out of that rigid punishing mindset? And I feel like there's really no, there's like really no easy answer. And I've been sober for eight and a half years. And I kind of compare it to that. Like you have to hit your own rock bottom to then be willing to go through like the discomfort of change and like the uncertainty and all of that. And I think you know, you touched on that. That's kind of what happened to you too. Do you have any tips for anybody who finds themselves in that situation? I think so many women, especially coming from New York, who, you know, New Yorkers are very <laughs> regimented. So I think it, it's a, oh, there's so many parts to that, but a woman thinking that they need to do hours of cardio a day, there still seems to be that mindset around that, or they need to be doing six days a week, hours a day for it to be quote unquote enough or they need to be sticking to a diet or whatever the confinement that you're putting yourself around health and wellness. I think it starts with just changing the relationship that you're having with whatever you're doing and knowing that knowing that the freedom on the other side of finding the real flow that's going to work for you and your lifestyle is worth it. And I think just continuing to tap into that 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 internal dialogue, like, are you saying you're not enough if you're not doing six days a week? And, and just changing those small little conversations that you have around your body, around food, around exercise, and just noticing almost like the addictive nature. It could be alcohol, it could be food, it could be whatever, sex, whatever it is. But what are you, are you using that to numb? Or are you using that to not necessarily deal with something that's going on in your life? I think a lot of us do that but I think it also comes down to like what you act, are you, how do you portray your own worthiness or how, if you're enough. And oftentimes as women, it, it's, it relates back to what we look like. And so I think it's, it just takes time. It's not an overnight thing. Even years later, do I have days where I wake up and I have like those insecurities pop up? Absolutely. It's just an ongoing conversation you're having with yourself mm-hmm. and just really I think now when those, those thoughts arise, it's like, no, Megan, you don't, you've worked out the last five days. You're exhausted. What you actually need, like taking a big breath. What do I actually need today? Maybe it's a walk outside and getting some vitamin D and grabbing a coffee or a matcha. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a call to a friend. Maybe it's not this like super high intensity, like crazy workout. And so I think just getting to know yourself a little more and it takes time. And I think a lot of us don't want to take the time. We want the easy fix, but Mm -hmm. in the long run, I can tell you the freedom that you experience on the other side of that is really Mm life-changing. You said something really interesting there about like numbing. And I was just thinking, I feel like we just look for so many different ways to numb, especially now, because I feel like we're so like, I don't know. I'm just thinking about like phone use and social media. We're probably all on our phones 10 hours a day of screen time or whatever. So if we do feel a feeling, it's like, Ooh, no need to like, 
<laughs> do something about yeah. that. And I think there, there are so many things that we reach for, whether it is just more screen time or controlling our exercise or working out or, you know, relationships or whatever it is, shopping. I feel like we're just at this place right now where like, we're so, we're just not used to feeling things anymore. Yeah. I mean, I, I definitely do that. I think for me, mm-hmm. something I'm working on now is like, you know, I'm definitely a workaholic. Mm-hmm. I definitely spend too much time on my phone, on social media, which is hard because it's part of my job. Mm-hmm. But I definitely notice in those times, I just kind of immerse myself in work, right? Like that's sort of my, oh, I'm so busy. I have so much work to do. Let me, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I, for me, it's even in the last year, just getting sick of myself, hearing myself talk about that. I'm like, I want to be present. And now that I have a daughter, like there's moments where I'm like, get off your phone, Megan. Like you're with Harlow, like be present in the moment. But it's such a, um, I don't even notice myself doing this, especially with my phone, right? It's just a part of me. So that's definitely something I'm working on. And again, I think it's just important to know that like it's it's ever evolving, we're ever evolving. So knowing that like you're never gonna be perfect and that's okay, but just noticing those as humans, things that we do to not have to feel. Yeah. Something else that you were talking about, like how as women, like it often has to do with our looks and our insecurities. I heard you on another podcast talking about this and like you work with celebrities, you work with Victoria's Secret models, like people who are, you know, the highest standard of beauty. And you said that like at the end of the day, we all have the same insecurities. So could you talk about that a little bit? Obviously you don't have to like reveal any. <laughs> no, I think most of the women, yeah, no, most, most of the women I, I train would, would say, you know, agree. I think it's, especially when I get to see women at their most vulnerable, right. You know, they're coming into a studio or I'm working with them online. They're in spandex. They've got no makeup on. They're trying mm-hmm. to move their body. And so I think it's, it's just so interesting over the years. It doesn't matter if you're a size double zero and five eleven and drop dead gorgeous. It doesn't matter the, all different sizes and shapes. I'm telling you, every single woman I've worked with tends to have the same insecurities. Mm-hmm. And I just think about all the wasted time we as women spend on those insecurities because, you know, it's. I know for me, I look at, you know, especially in my early twenties that wasted like mental, like what was I, you know, all of the mental energy that was going towards what I looked like and the diet that I was on the calories I was counting and like, whatever it was, I think it's just such an interesting part of our society. And I don't know that I have the answer, but that's just, it is something I've noticed. So when people are like, what is it like to work with them? I'm like, it's amazing. Like we're all women coming to a studio and we're all feeling all of the same feelings, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, that's very reassuring. I love finding tasty new beverages that support my overall wellness. And I have a new one that I absolutely love. So it's Karma Water. It's a natural enhanced water centered around its protective push cap, which keeps its nutrients separate from the water. This is actually huge because the vitamins and probiotics in pre-mixed drinks and kombuchas actually deteriorate over time. So Karma Water stores the probiotics, vitamins, antioxidants, and adaptogens in a patented protective push cap that infuses the ingredients just seconds before drinking, ensuring that all nutrients are delivered at peak potency to deliver the greatest health benefits to you. All you have to do is peel, push, and shake. So 
definitely do not waste your money on all of these other pre-mixed drinks because you're actually not going to get the benefits from them. So Karma has two lines right now. They have probiotic water and wellness water, which are each formulated to deliver distinct wellness benefits in a variety of natural tropical flavors. They're all so delicious. It is vegan, non-GMO, gluten-free, lactose-free, as well as free of preservatives and artificial colors and sweeteners. And their wellness water contains 110% of seven essential vitamins, plus nourishing antioxidants and adaptogens, which can help your body adapt to mental and physical stress, help soothe inflammation and reduce fatigue. And then their probiotic water delivers 10 times more probiotic cultures than yogurt to aid in digestion and help boost metabolism and immunity. So definitely check them out. You can receive 20% off a case of karma water right now. If you go to drinkkarma.com slash blonde files, again, that's drinkkarma.com slash blonde files for 20% off. This episode is brought to you by House of Macadamias. So fun fact about me, maybe not so fun for you guys, but my close friends know this. I actually keep macadamia nuts in my bedside table and I snack on them every morning while I'm having my matcha. They're literally my favorite nut there is. So let me start off by saying macadamias are very special. It's one of the reasons they became the most expensive nut in the world, even though they're actually a seed. They are extremely rare. They account for only 1% of all nuts. And to put this in perspective, almonds make up about 30%. Secondly, their nutritional composition is unsurpassed. So unlike other cheaper nuts, they're rich in omega-7s. And if you haven't heard of omega-7, take note, the fatty acid boosts fat loss and increases your body's natural collagen production. So finally, there is a plant-based way for better collagen. And then lastly, macadamias contain 33% less carbohydrates than almonds while having the most healthy monosaturated fat, even more than olive oil and avocado. So House of Macadamias works directly with South African farmers, the macadamia capital of the world. They package their snacks right by the source for the best quality and freshness. And this allows them to create one-of-a-kind snacks with macadamias as the first ingredient. This includes dipped and seasoned nuts. Additionally, they have a range of bars that hold macadamias as their first ingredient at 45%, unburdening the superfood from any synthetic additives, added sugar, or preservatives. Their products are plant-based and truly a healthy indulgence. So you can visit their online store at www.houseofmacadamias.com to order some of their bars or nuts. And you can use the code BLONDE40 to receive 40% off your first purchase. Such a good deal. Again, that's www.houseofmacadamias.com and the code is BLONDE40 for 40% off. I remember like back when I was my leanest, when I was doing like the macros and the really intense workouts and everything. And I was a rail and I look at pictures now and I, I see it. But at the time I was so caught up in that cycle of obsessive thinking. That was all I could think about that. All I saw were flaws and all I saw were things that I had. Okay. I just need to like reduce my carbs a little more by X amount of grams or whatever. And I'm going to like do more cardio on this day. And you just get so obsessive. And I almost feel like sometimes the more I've heard it put by other people who have like been in the industry and worked with, you know, models and stuff like that. But 
they say like, oftentimes the people who are like the most beautiful, the most close to like the standard of perfection are the most insecure because I just feel like you have more pressure almost, or I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I also think like, look at the end of the day, it's all about, it's all about feeling good, right? That's all, we all want that same goal, right? We all want to feel confident in our own bodies and our own skin. And I can tell you just probably like you, when I was at my thinnest or, or whatever it was, I was doing like hours of cardio and like, you know, just torturing myself. I was at my most unhappy. And I can tell you with ease and taking back the cardio and really leaning into the intuitive movement of feeling good and coming to movement with the idea of not having to, you know, lose two inches on my waist, but really just coming to feel really strong and confident in my own body. That's actually when I saw the most results in my workout, like, which is so counterintuitive, right? It's like, it's almost like your body's like, oh yes, you're listening to me finally. Like, thank you. Yeah. So I've, I've found that interesting in my journey as well. And I think when I'm talking to my clients, I'm, you know, I think so many people say like, I'm out of my workout loop. How do I get back into it? I'm all about committing to less so you can show up more. So I think for even for, if you're listening to this and you're like, I want to start it, but like, I don't have an hour a day. I don't want you to do an hour a day. I want you to do commit to 10 minutes, two to three times a week do that consistently for two months, then start to add in another 10 minute day. You know, like it's like the smaller chunks too, that are just as effective because to me, it's like the energetic shift that you, you experience with movement, right? It's about feeling grounded in your body. You get out of your head and 10 minutes can do that. And the rest of your day is on such a better foot because you are, you're feeling that. And I just think that that seeps into the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. I love that. Commit to less so you can show up more. Yeah. I feel like it's kind of been ingrained in us that like, if it doesn't hurt, if it's not hard, if it doesn't feel, you know, if like all of these things, like no pain, no gain, like if you, if it's not all of these things, it's not working. If you're not doing it six days a week for an hour a day, it's not worth it. And I think that so many of us, you know, again, myself included, I've been through all these phases, like feel so overwhelmed by that. So you, it is overwhelming. Who can, who can do hours of exercise a day and stay consistent with it? No one can. So let's like, let's try and figure out a routine that actually works into your lifestyle that makes you feel strong that you look forward to. That's actually fun. And I guarantee you, you will see better results from that type of movement. So what are your keys to consistency? Is it just finding something that you love in manageable ways? Yeah. I think so many of us are doing workouts that we really don't enjoy. So if you're listening to this and you are like forcing yourself to do these workouts that you don't enjoy, like are also our bodies can feel that, right? Like I'm not enjoying this run, this like 10 mile run I'm forcing myself to go on. So I think it's taking the time to figure out what type of exercise resonates with your body. Is it joyful? Is it fun? Do you feel good after you've done the workout or are you really depleted and exhausted? I think that sounds like a very simple concept, but not enough of us do it. Mm -hmm. I think also finding a community. So for me, community is everything. You know, so many of my closest friends have come out of me teaching the Sculpt Society online in real life. I think if you can find people that are doing the same type of movement practice that you are, it could even just be a workout buddy. I know with the Sculpt Society, we have like an entire like Facebook group and there's accountability buddies there. 
whatever it works for you. But I think not feeling alone in the process is really important. And then I think it's, it's like the basic things that we've all heard a million times, but they work. It's putting it in your schedule, scheduling it in for me, putting out what workout outfit I'm going to wear the next day and picking out what video I'm going to do the night before. So the night before I have picked out my workout outfit and the video, if I'm not teaching live or I don't have privates that way in the morning when I'm exhausted and I'm drinking my coffee, there's like no decision I have to make because we are all, we all have decision fatigue. I feel like doing is making another decision at 6 30 in the morning. So it's just again like taking away those small little decisions that you have to make. And it's just in your schedule, you you throw on your workout outfit, you throw on the video. And then for me, I think if you are doing an online program, it's it's following a program, following a calendar, so that again, you're not having to pick what video to do. I'm literally telling you what video to do every single day, or I'm telling you take a break today, take a walk outside, do a meditation. Because I think, again, we're in this society where all day long we're making hundreds of decisions. And the last thing we feel like doing is like, it's like walking into a gym and like, which, which exercise equipment should I start with? You know, like, it's like the overwhelm of that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I think like on the one hand, it's so nice to do an online platform or just have a trainer or whatever so that they can tell you exactly what to do, but that's only half of it. So I like that idea of like putting it in your schedule picking out your outfit, like so that you just take out any of the thinking around it. And you can just kind of like go through the steps of like getting yourself there onto your mat. And that's all you really have to do. And then my last, my, honestly, my last trick is the commit to less to show up more. So in that morning, say you have your workout outfit on and say you're just exhausted, but it's like scheduled in. Mm -hmm. I would suggest starting with literally just be like, Commit. I, this is, I do this all the time to myself. Megan, you're going to do one 10 minute workout, like commit mm-hmm. to less, commit to 10 minutes. And I guarantee you nine times out of 10, you'll end up stacking one or two more 10 minute workouts because you're going to feel so good afterwards. Yeah. But just, just allowing your brain to be like, okay, I can do 10 minutes. Just, I'm going to do one 10 minute workout. Yeah. There's something funny about that. I was with my trainer the other day who I work out with a couple of times a week and I go through phases. Sometimes I do it all the time. Sometimes we don't do it for like months, but we did that with reps where I was doing like hamstring curls. And I was like, no, I literally, I can't. And he's like, just do 10. And I was like, I can't do anymore. He's like, do 10. And I did 10. And then he's like, just two more. (laughs) And I could do two more. And then he's like, okay, two more. Like there's just something mental about. Absolutely. Yeah. Because And I think too, like if you are doing online videos, pressing play on a 45 minute or a 30, even sometimes a 30 minute video feels overwhelming. So how can we take that overwhelm, you know, back and, and, and no, I think also on the days that you are really busy, that Mm -hmm. 10 minutes is enough Mm -hmm. because to me, you're creating the consistency, you're creating the habit. And then you, you're able to it's like rush. Then it becomes like brushing your teeth. And every day it's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do my like 10 minute workout. If you guys are not eating oat house, let me tell you, you are missing out on so much. This is one of my kitchen staples and it has been for a few years, like really since their business came to fruition. So I really have been eating their granola butter from the very beginning. It's the greatest. You've probably seen me make cookies with it, use it on my morning protein blob that I always make. 
but there are so many ways to eat it. So Oat House is the world's first oat-based spread. It's nut-free, gluten-free, vegan, organic, and top eight allergen-free. Think the consistency of a nut butter, but it tastes kind of like liquid Teddy Grahams. It is so good. You can put it on toast. You can put it in smoothies or on smoothie bowls, on fruit. Eat it straight from the jar, which I do all the time. (laughs) They have so many delicious flavors, but cookie dough is definitely my favorite. Birthday cake is also amazing. I love vanilla. It's like an OG kind of classic that you can use with so many different things. The chocolate tastes like brownie batter. So it's kind of hard to choose, but you can build a box on their site so that you can try a variety of flavors. And you can also find them at retailers like Select Whole Foods, Fresh Market, Erewhon, Sprouts, Harris Teeter, and more. So for a limited time only, you can get 20% off your first order by visiting granolabutter.com. That's G-R-A-N-O-L-A-B-U-T-T-E-R.com. And the code is BLONDE. Again, that's code BLONDE for 20% off your first order at granolabutter.com. I know that so many of you probably like myself are looking for ways to offset your carbon footprint and make changes to live more sustainably, but it can be so hard to know where to start. And sometimes it just feels so overwhelming that like the little efforts that we can make individually just are not going to make a difference, but they absolutely do. And I have an incredible resource called REN, which is basically your on-ramp to climate action. So they help you understand your own impact and how that fits into the world. And then they help you offset your footprint by funding projects that plant trees, protect rainforests, sequester CO2, and more. And you can actually go on their website and see some of their amazing projects. I am personally really interested in their biochar project. This project helps to prevent wildfires in California's old growth forests by removing dead and flammable trees. Then they use a cutting edge process to turn the tree biomass into biochar, keeping carbon out of the air for thousands of years, which is amazing. At REN, their goal is to unlock the collective actions of millions of individuals to drive the systemic change needed to end the climate crisis. And signing up for REN is a really easy way to make a difference. So it's going to take all of us to end the climate crisis, but you can do your part today by signing up for REN. Just go to ren.co slash blonde. That's W-R-E-N dot co slash B-L-O-N-D-E. And when you sign up, they will plant 10 extra trees in your name. Again, that's ren.co slash blonde. And you can start making a difference today. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's cumulative, right? So you you might think, oh, 10 minutes today, what is that going to do? Nothing. But if you do that three times a week, four times a week, whatever, that's 30, 40 minutes, which is great. I want to talk about pregnancy and postpartum because I know that that was a big part of your story and just kind of hear how your experience with that may have shifted your approach or just any kind of like revelations that came from that. Yes. Gosh, I really wanted to love pregnancy and I really didn't. (laughs) I think it was hard to to witness and feel all of the changes that were happening. I definitely struggled a little bit with body image while I was pregnant. And I think I had some like old thoughts arise, old stories arise. And I had to kind of tap back into, to like what I experienced in my early twenties and like my toolkit of like how I 
really had to retap into like that internal dialogue in my belief system. But I did find it empowering in a way that, you know, I think so many women go through pregnancy and they feel like they can't talk about how they don't love it because there is a lot, a lot of, you know, I, I think I, even I had felt this way. I, I had a lot of friends, even family go through pregnancy loss and infertility. And, you know, I think as women, we were supposed to feel, which we are so grateful to be pregnant, but like that we have to en- enjoy that. And so mm-hmm. I was pretty vocal about it just because I felt like the more I talked about it, the more women, you know, in my community would share their stories and, and find comfort in that. And so there was that part of it, but also I, I was really excited to build out a pre and postnatal program because I felt like there wasn't a robust pre and postnatal program that was filmed by a trainer that was pregnant. That wasn't like super easy prenatal yoga or, you know, like if you're someone that works out regularly and you enjoy it, a challenging workout, like when you're pregnant, you still want to be doing that. Like mm-hmm. sure there are days and certain trimesters that are harder than the other, but I know for me, I I still really wanted that athletic challenging workout. And so I was really excited to put together a safe, effective prenatal workout. And then my postnatal really diving into the pelvic floor and core recovery, because I feel like so many people aren't talking about the pelvic floor. We're starting to have that conversation, but I think the more education we can have around the pelvic floor and actually programs together like I have where you come home from the hospital and you have things to do, breathing exercises to tap back into your pelvic floor so that we know how to lengthen and strengthen, tap back into your, your, your core, and then putting together once you're cleared to work out your, your postpartum program. Because even I experienced it at six weeks, I went in to get my, my doctor, you know, checkup to see if I was cleared. My doctor was like, yep, you're good to go back, you know, back to regular life. You can have sex, you can work out. Uh And, you know, I was like, excuse me, like, obviously like I now I'm educated in, in, in what I can do and can't do physically, but I got so angry for all of the other women out there who don't know that and know that, no, you can go back to your regular workout. Like I would never say to someone that's six weeks postpartum, go back to your boot camp class. Like mm-hmm. there are so many other steps that we need to take to layer on the strength that we need to go back, then go back to that quote unquote regular workout. So that was a really big part of my program that I'm so proud of because I feel like I have programs now for women who can really re-strengthen before they get back into to the groove of things. You know, Celeste Thomas? I don't. She's an influencer. She's a nurse and she does a lot of skincare stuff, but she recently had a baby and I was watching her stories the other day. And she, I think is six or like nine weeks postpartum, somewhere around there. And she was saying how like she was cleared to have sex and this isn't, this was on her stories. So I'm not like disclosing anything that (laughs) that isn't public, but she was like, there is no fucking way I'm having sex. And she's like, just curious, like for everyone who's given birth, when were you finally comfortable? And she had all these, everyone like send in on a question box on Instagram and nobody said at six weeks or eight weeks or nine weeks or whatever. They were like six months, nine months, a year. And they were like, it's so crazy that there's just this like kind of uniform, like stamp. Okay. You're good. Like go back to life as it was like, (laughs) it's actually, it's such a almost, almost it's traumatizing because traumatizing in so many different ways, right? You've just gone through this major physical event. And Mm -hmm. I feel like doctors aren't 
aren't really laying the foundation of like how to recover from that. It's like, you've just gone through some, you know, C-section major surgery or Mm -hmm. you've torn. And I just think that as women, again, then we feel like failures because we we don't want to have sex in six weeks and, Mm -hmm. and physically we shouldn't be going back to our regular classes. And then we're pushing through all of that and then re-injuring. And it's just the cycle of I think of, of just feeling like we've failed again. So yeah, very frustrating to me that that's even like part of the conversation at six weeks. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. I don't have any kids and this is not comparable. (laughs) You're like, what are you talking about? But I've had cosmetic surgeries where they say like, go back at six feet. And I would never Yeah. Yeah. like, so I can't imagine either having a C-section or like pushing a child through my vagina and yeah. going back at six weeks. Like if I won't even go back at six weeks after like a brow lift. <laughs> totally. Or like an AC, whatever. It could be like you broke your arm or an ACL injury, like whatever it is. Like, yeah, it's just wild to me. And I think there's just such a lack of, of education for women who are going through it and, and the expectations there. And mm-hmm. so so just the more information I can provide on, on, on the pelvic floor, on postpartum. And it was really nice because I was able to film those videos while I was going through it myself because it also can feel very lonely. Mm-hmm. I think physically you're just craving to feel like yourself, but you're just, it takes so much longer, you know, than, than you think it's going to. And I think especially in those postpartum days to see another woman whose body is, is in that very vulnerable postpartum stage, I, I'm, I'm hoping is comforting to, to other women to see. Mm-hmm. So what does self-care look like to you now that you have a child and you're married and you're running a super successful business? Like, How do you take care of yourself while balancing all of that? I know you talked before about how you can like numb out with work, which I think all of us can especially yeah. in work, like when a huge portion of work is on social media, I feel like there, it blurs the line between like numbing and working and like where, so how do you take care of yourself through all of that? Yeah, I'm a work in progress. You know, I am by no means perfect. And I think something I'm really, like I mentioned before, really striving to get to a place in is, are more of those like work boundaries, but it is hard when so much of my community is online and so many people will find me there and then they find the workout. So there is this added pressure to continue to, to show up there and create content there. But I would love to get to a place where maybe I am taking a day or two off so I can have that mental break. I'm not quite there yet, but I think, you know, self-care for me is are just like our smaller chunks of time. Now it's, it's, you know, a shower at night. My husband and I are very 50, 50 and I, he does help so much. And I think he gives me that time to de-stress and unwind in the morning, getting up a little earlier than everyone else so that I can make the things like lemon water as ridiculous as that sounds. And my coffee and just like having a moment outside by myself. Maybe I have a little extra time and I'll journal or I'll do a short meditation. I've been terrible at both of those things lately, but I need to get back on track because I do feel better when I'm doing them. I'll walk outside with my husband. Self-care for me is like, connecting with my husband. So like a date night, I think those are all really small things, but I would love to get into a more consistent habit of it. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned like lemon water to that point, what are some of your wellness non-negotiables? Are there any things that you're like, I cannot live without this in my routine or in my life? I am a big stickler for my, my probiotic. I, I really think most of us should be taking 
a probiotic. I think your digestive health is so interconnected to your overall health, how you feel, brain fog. I've noticed such a difference in my life from that. So I'm a big advocate for that. What are some of my L? I mean, it's not like a non-negotiable. I do, I, I get anxious. So I think like CBD to me is really helpful. What Coffee. CBD do you like? There's I like so many. There's, there's so many and there's so many good ones. I love Beam. I love Highline Wellness, Equilibria Women. Therabody actually is a really nice nighttime one. There's a lot of good ones. What are my other non-negotiables? That's like so boring <laughs> of me. I think that's kind of it. I don't, I, you know, I also think sometimes wellness can feel overwhelming. Like we need to be doing all of these things either. And if we're not, it's, you know, if you're not meditating, if you're not journaling, if you're not, oh my gosh, I'm exhausted, you know? So sometimes it's actually like just simplifying what are the things that are actually, you know, giving you energy. Of course, number one wellness thing for me, it's my like savior truly is movement. So that Mm -hmm. is a non-negotiable, not seven days a week. I think rest days are one to two days minimum rest. I used to be the girl that would do seven days a week, hours a day, that whole thing. So yeah, I think movement is is my number one though. Mm-hmm. I had a doctor on my podcast yesterday. The episode isn't out yet, but I was asking her because she's very like, she's an MD. So she's trained in Western medicine, but she's very holistic and she integrates a lot of Eastern medicine. And we were just talking about all the wellness things. And I said, like, how do people navigate and decide what to do? And she's like, I, people feel like they have to do everything that's good. So you're on social media and you're like, okay, I got to do like my green juice. And then I got to do my lemon water and I have to do my internal shower. And then I have to take my, this, that, and the other, my 20 supplements. And then I have to go on my hot girl walk. And then I have to do my workout and then I have to journal and meditate. And it's like so overwhelming. And she said, you don't have to do everything that's good. Like, I think that you were talking earlier about like taking inventory of things. I think that like writing these things down and just being like, what are my top three things? And like, back to what you're saying about doing less, like what is manageable for me? And like, what really makes me feel good? Because I think if we're not actually looking at it and it's just in our head, it can feel so overwhelming and feel kind of like we have to do everything. And, and then if you don't, then you're just like, well, I give up. <laughs> yeah. Then I'm not having a hot girl summer. Yeah. <laughs> <You know, like. laughs> exactly. <gasps> yeah. Well, I like to ask my guests, what is one thing you think we should stop doing and one thing we should start doing? I, I think not completely stop, but I do think just our social media intake, We, re- I think most of us could really take a step back and for our own mental health. And what's one thing we should start doing? Mm-hmm. Moving our bodies. <laughs> You're like sculpt society. <laughs> you should be doing sculpt society. And I also think I also think connecting more with people. I think, you know, as humans, we un- we underestimate, especially in this digital age, like how important connection is. And so I-, I think that's something too I'm working on. I think I could be doing more, more connecting in person, e- even over a phone call, picking up instead of a text. So we could we could connect more. Yeah. Well, I'm going to see you Sunday night know, and connect in so person. <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> when this comes out, it will have already happened. This is going to come out Wednesday, I think. So amazing. Well, tell everybody where they can find you and where they yes. can find Sculpt Society and all of that. Yes, yeah, so you can come say hi. I'm on Instagram and TikTok. I'm both at Megan Roop and at the Sculpt Society. If you want to check out the Sculpt Society, we have a seven-day free trial. Our website is thesculptsociety.com. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you.
hope you enjoyed that episode. If you liked it, and if you like the show in general, please take a second to rate, review, and subscribe. It goes a long way, and it's actually the best way to support the show. Also, if you want to see more about each episode, you can head over to the Blonde Files podcast on Instagram. I'm always posting about each episode there or over on my personal page at Ariel Laurie.